comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. DCTV Podcast, episode 36. We've done three dozen of these. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And we are back once again. We uh, There aren't any new shows to talk about yet because it's still summertime, although I have one cartoon to talk about, uh, which we'll get to in a little while, Batman Unlimited Monster Mayhem. But there is a ton of news. And joining me here are the crack journalistic team here at DCTV Podcast, or maybe they just smoke crack, I don't know. Uh, Daryl Taylor and Toad Sheldon. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Just kind of confused trying to figure out. We've now recording 36 of these, and I still haven't got my first paycheck. You should really tell the payroll department about that. (laughs) Yeah. Shoot them an email. They'll they'll take care of business for you there. I got Um, my check. (laughs) Oh, you got your check? (laughs) Did it it clear? (laughs) Yeah. It was written on the back of the lawn, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But anyway, there is a ton, ton of DC TV and movie news on the slate, so we figured it's about time we did a show, kind of cleared, cleared the boards, get ready. We only have a few more weeks to go. I think the next big DC TV thing on the slate is the Vixen animated series, which debuts a week, uh, or not even a week from tonight as we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That looks awesome. And plus it's set in uh, it's set in the same universe as Arrow and Flash, which is interesting as well. I mean, it'd be great if they brought her into the live action. So. I can't see them not doing that eventually. Yeah, I don't know why they would go to all this trouble to introduce the character and then just not do anything with her. Exactly. So, uh, where do we start with news, guys? Because there's a lot. Uh, I can start with some. I got a lot of casting stuff up. So okay, let's I'll bust out some casting from, news then. Uh, Gotham has uh, cast uh, Firefly, uh, the character, the villain Firefly, and it's going to be a lady this time. Huh. Interesting. Yes, two the, oh. the original two versions of it in the comics have been males, but just now she's going to be a woman. Uh, she's going to be played by uh, Michelle Ventimiglia, and uh, she's she going related to, be... to Milo Ventimiglia, the uh, the actor from Heroes and the guy who played uh, the ogre in the second, in the first season. You never know. I don't. They didn't say, but interesting. Who knows? Might be. Uh, she'll be playing Bridget Pike. And she's uh, forced into the family business. And when she catches the eye of Selena Kyle, the young Catwoman, she will. Uh, it will be a team up to this put is, her. Uh, hmm. I mean, I'm just gonna say it's pretty. This is like going right in line with what um, the producers were saying about how this season is going to be all about the rise of the villains. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. gonna be all about the villains. Like we've gotten a lot of casting of, of new villains, and uh, right. this just kind of plays right into that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was reading an article other... a little while ago. Well, uh, mm-hmm. they were interviewing Ben McKenzie today. Well, the article was today. I don't know when the interview was, but um, where he's talking about how he feels, you know, that they they while he was satisfied with season one of Gotham, that they kind of went off the rails for the fans as far as you know having this procedural stuff every week where they catch the villain and it's done. Um, and that he's real excited about what's going on right now, what they've been recording and filming and and doing with all the rise of the villains, so to speak. So yeah, Firefly will be a two-part. Uh, two, she'll be in two episodes. Hmm. Cool. So um, you, now, where it says that she goes into the family business, is it possible that her father is one of the Firefly from the comics? That could be, but they they haven't released that information yet. Yeah. So that could be the case. Uh, also, with to go along with the Gotham, Gotham uh, and the villains, uh, Drew Powell, who plays Butch, um, he's made a regular now. 
Oh, cool. I saw that. I was pretty happy with that because, I, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's kind of kind of got, like become a multi-dimensional character as it's gone on. So, good on him. Good on them. Uh, let me throw in this one because this is also a Gotham thing. I'll throw that in. Leo Fitzpatrick, uh, who was in The Wire, uh, he played uh, a character who was uh, heavily into into drugs. Um, he's going to be playing the uh, the Joe Pike character, the leader of the uh, gang of arsonists. Uh, the Pike Brothers. So he'll be in charge. Okay. And he has a reoccurring role. They haven't said how many episodes. Sweet. I still need to watch The Wire. Oh, yeah. really? You've never seen it? I still have not watched it. I've got to get around to it one of these days. It's so, so... It's pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> There's a so reason why everybody loves it so much, and it's because it's pretty awesome. Oh, Yeah. Uh, you want me to keep going with casting? Can you get some of this out of the way? Because Arrow added to uh, to casting uh, from True Blood. They added uh, Retina Wesley, and she's uh, joining the cast. She's going to be playing the, the character Lady Cop. It's a very obscure uh, DC character. Uh, she's yeah, going to be on the I, task force. I was wondering, because I, I hadn't heard of that character. Um it's interesting to see her again, though. I, I I both liked and disliked her in True Blood, depending on which yeah, season character. it was. <laughs> yeah, her character. Tara, like, dro- T- Tara was though. awesome the first season. She was mm-hmm. awesome after she was a vampire. In between, ugh, annoying. Yeah. Uh, she, her character is going to be named Lisa, Lisa Warner, which is the comic version name, too. Um, also uh, released is also going to be uh, a love interest for Thea, and his name is Parker Young. So he will be joining Played the cast. By oh. Richard Sheldon. Oh, sorry. Oh, Parker. Parker. No. Sorry, they got <laughs> someone else. You didn't have time. It's a lot of it's a lot of casting. They're bringing a lot of new characters. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I also saw they're bringing a new love interest for. Um, uh, Arrow, like an yeah. old girlfriend of his, to compete with yeah. Felicity. So, yeah, Elijah Rataro. No, Elijah Rataro is her name. Um, wow. and she's going to be yeah, she's definitely going to be someone who is going to cause Felicity some problem. That's what uh, Bart Guggenheim said about the character. She'll be a potential. Uh, <laughs> problem for the Oliver and Fisler. The Olicity crowd will not be happy with that one, I guess. No, no. They, I just, just don't make Felicity no- annoying. That, you know what? If, 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 they had have it, if they had everybody happily ever after, that would be like they had the end of the season, that would be really mm-hmm. boring for next season. So, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I have a little bit of news. Go for uh, it. Mr. Casper Crump. I love that name, dude. Has been <laughs> uh, cast as Vandal Satch in. The, it'll be in uh, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. He's going to be appearing. He looks so people. evil, and he does. He looks like a bad mofo, and with a name like Casper Crump, I guess he has to. So yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm just so psyched for Legends of Tomorrow and that whole the whole next seasons and oh yeah, everything else. The last spinoff. The last confirmed yeah. spinoff, I should say. Well, and I, I, yeah, I said I saw an article where they were talking about it, that they said there will be no more spinoffs after that one. But this is also from the same group who said they weren't going to introduce have any metahumans in Arrow, right? Last season, <laughs> until the Flash got really popular, right? right. Metahumans. Well, this came from the CW president uh, Mark uh, Pradowitz. Um He did a uh, presentation at the uh, Television Critics Association. And one of his comments were that there is no intention at this point to spin anything off. And notice how he said, at this point. At this point. It's always change. It's at this point. Um, He regretted uh, not picking up uh, Supergirl. And they're also saying that there is a chance. No one is saying no to a crossover with Supergirl. There's no no in this. It's just that they haven't uh, made any plans to do that of yet, as of yet. Well, I was reading an article yesterday that mentioned that they're pretty close to finishing out some sort of a deal that will ha- let that happen. 
I don't, well, I don't both really... sides. Like, that makes sense yeah. because both sides were very positive about, you know, the 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 others show, and they were both were saying that you know this is not something that they said couldn't happen. This is just something that they would have to to work out. I mean, anything I mean, can happen after that break. You know, when and, you take that. And um, Berlanti and Guggenheim both want it to happen. Your shows. Yeah, they want the so, rating. Yeah, I definitely. mean, it's across. They want those characters. They want the the audience to. Um, to do to watch both shows, so they're hoping that they can do that. So I'm, well, I'm, and, hmm? and doesn't CBS have a large stake in CW? Don't they own it or par- partially own it? So there wouldn't be a huge yeah yeah there is con- you know network issue. I wouldn't imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of crossovers and shows that are crossing over and whatnot, um, Matt Ryan is going to be playing Constantine. For a special episode of Arrow. Yes, because of Stephen Amell. Yep. And I hope he oh, that, that one tweet. One. Mm-hmm. That one tweet started everything. I bet it's gonna go by ratings. You know how how the ratings were for that for that show when it comes up. How well it does is probably going to determine how many uh, crossovers that they do. Plus, it'll be interesting that you know it's something they. I mean, if they have another supernatural case down the road, like in Legends of Tomorrow or The Flash, because they, mm-hmm. they establish him in the universe, they could always bring him back. You know, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be a one shot deal, one episode, where mm-hmm. uh, where Arrow has to rely on Constantine's knowledge of the occult and, and the afterlife and whatnot to help him out. And uh, but yeah, we're going to get one more, at least one more episode of Constantine, kind of. I mean, they could. I mean, they could do whatever. They can kind of. If it does well, depending on how well it does, they can also spin off and do maybe a six, seven issue, I mean, episode uh, thing of Constantine on CW. We don't know. I mean, it, you know. Or they could make it a thing where every Halloween episode they bring him back. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? It could be that something as simple cool. as that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, coincide episode with Halloween and then, you know, have mm-hmm. and those kind of things going on. Plus, that I mean, I'm, so I'm, I can almost guarantee you that at some point the, the Legends of Tomorrow guys are going to come up against something magic, you know? Mm-hmm. And none of, oh, nobody, on, nobody on that team is magical. No, know? no one. So. Um, and they also cast uh, Hawkman, uh, which is going, and that character is going to be in Flash, Arrow, and Legend of Tomorrow. Uh, he's played by uh, Falk uh, Heschler. Heschel? Heschel? Falk Heschel. Yeah, okay. that's his name. So he will definitely be playing Carter Hall, and they will be mentioning the reincarnation aspect of the character, hmm. the Egyptian prince. Yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to get that across to a TV audience without it being too bogged down. You know what I mean? Without bogging yeah. it down too far away. In right. the, that, well, that they even mentioned there are so many different versions of Hawkman over the years, and so many retcons. I mean, oh they've retconned God. his. I mean, so many times. You know. I well, mean, they're I, doing Hawk God. <laughs> They're mentioning that they can access the powers of the Hawk God, Horus. Right. So that's how he will transform into the winged uh, warrior. So this would be more of a Thor-type Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I'd like to see, I mean, depending on how they portray the character, but from you know everything I've read, I'm kind of excited. I would like to see him have his own show. Well, you know, Hawk it's Man, not good Hawk too. You know, well, no, but I mean... But I mean, it would be cool, and I don't know that they would have time to explore this in in the other shows. But just to see him in the past lives and mm. things like that. So First, I don't know. It'd you got to make it work cool. on screen. Well, not yeah, gonna, yeah. You know, that's a character that you. If we're gonna blue sky stuff here, let me let me throw this one at you, okay? okay. We got the Jake Eric Flash. Mm-hmm. Adam Smasher has been cast. I'm, I'm, oh man, I'm losing it. We got a new Mr. Terrific, right? We got Hawkman, right? Mm-hmm. You you're you're looking at a JSA there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I love JSA. Totally. And I and love maybe, the JSA. And so. maybe you know we saw Doctor Fate's helmet in Constantine, so maybe with the crossover, maybe at some point we could even get him in there. It's all connected. It is all connected. All that's going to determine this is going to be what these ratings look like for this upcoming season. Right. If exactly. there's no tune out, if the if the, the the ratings go even if they go up, you know what will determine what how much crossover they're going to do is how how the ratings go. And what's with all these things they're adding, 
mean, mm-hmm. that's how they. I'm sorry. I mean, that's how they determine their their course as far as the metahuman thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, right. hey, this yep. is what seems to be working for us. <laughs> that's how this they is got what's here. What's the ratings? Yeah, you know, because this was not supposed to work on paper. The execs were were saying this wasn't going to work. You know, metahumans, you couldn't have all this on TV. Right. Arrow was all we were going to get. Yep. So that, that's what's determining. I mean, now they've added also. Um, I mean, added you, Wild if, West. Hmm? And in Flash, it's like it's a spinoff of a show that wasn't really doing all that great for CW to begin with. I mean, yeah. Arrow has decent rating, ratings, but not like you know the kind of ratings the Flash has now. But they no. had no way of knowing that it, that show was going to take off the way it did. No. Yeah, Flash had a, a flat. I mean, uh, Arrow did something where they had an audience and and they had a steady audience. And then, right. uh, but when Flash came, that's when the numbers went to. They were beating network TV. Mm-hmm. You know, they and that's, I, I, that's and, the thing. and I can see them not foreseeing that. I mean, none of us did, but no, you know th- no. the. The it's on paper. It doesn't really work on paper as so much as, or it works on paper. But you know, you know what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I just um, when you look at the day, how many superhero or comic book property movies are coming out a year now? I mean, it, it, did the audience is going this way? I know it's a lot different when you're dealing with um, networks and and TV ratings and things like that. But you know, this is this is what everybody wants right now they want this kind of stuff so you know well tv's well, so we, always behind and everything like yeah. nothing works well, on tv right until there. it does and we've had a lot of dark brooding heroes yeah you know in a row here i mean we got the daredevil mm-hmm. tv show and we have bat and the batman movies and everything like that to have this kind of hero like the flash this young you know optimistic kind of hero in training kind of learning the ropes as he goes along right. type storyline i think is uh it it's something we haven't really seen a whole lot before. I mean, we probably mm-hmm. should have seen it more in the Spider-Man movies, but right. we, but you know, we just saw a glimmer here and there, I guess. But um, I, I think that's part of the appeal. Of the, and uh, honest to God, I mean, a lot of it is quality. I mean, quality yeah. comes through. If it's a good quality film mm-hmm. or a good you know TV show, then people will check it out. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter whether. I mean, look look at the difference in box office between like you know Age of Ultron or Ant Man and Fantastic Four. You know, I mean, they're all superhero movies. They all have big budgets. Yeah, you know, they all have the eye-popping special effects. But I mean, they couldn't have been more like night and day. You know, right. So I mean, it's it's a good it's a good show all around. I mean, the the thing that kind of the yardstick for me is would I still watch this show? Would I still like these characters even without the superpower aspect? You know, even without the history I have. And right. I try to divorce myself enough to see that, and I realize that yeah, I probably would because it's it's a strong cast and it's well written. You know, and yeah, you use a likable guy. I mean, when you yeah, when you much. do things like you pick an a, a likable actor, even with Arrow, he's a likable actor. I mean, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's a likable person. Um, so when you pick somebody like that, it 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 causes uh it causes a fan base. I mean, you know, you when you like the actors, you you tend to to be loyal to the show, and that's the thing that's been going on with the CW is the loyalty to these shows. Like Arrow has. Has kept that their audience, which was not they were surprised about that, <laughs> you know that they didn't lose their audience. They didn't have the drop off. Plus, CW has shown the willingness to, you know, if there, there is like a small passion of fan base, they will keep the show going. I mean, look at Supernatural, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, great example. Two other guys, very likable uh, actors, and called not, not I'm huge one of ratings, them. not huge ratings, not but huge very ratings, loyal no. and and. And you know, long following fan base that have been watching the show since you know, the beginning. And, like we, you. and we've dealt with uh, time changes. They, you know, they've changed the days, they've changed the times of the shows over the years, and we've still stayed there. Right. You know, we, we haven't. There hasn't been that drop off that, you know, that a lot of shows get. Even even shows on you know bigger budget shows mm-hmm. have gotten you know over time. So. Uh, um, I'm throwing in one more. They're going with uh, Wally West, but just, he, he's going to be played by an African American character, which goes with the comic book version that they're doing now. Um, well, it also goes with Joe West and Iris West. I mean, yeah, right. totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they haven't exactly explained yet what how his how he ties in with them, but they cast uh, 
Kenyon uh, uh, Lonsdale, who is from the um, he's from the what's those movies? Those those string of movies, insurgent movies. Okay, yeah, the so insurgent series based on the the novels, you know. Yeah, so that's where he comes from. So he he will be definitely be. Uh, well, I guess he have to be a, a, a character that'll be important throughout the series so we'll see what happens i'm very curious to see like if maybe joe had a past relationship or something we didn't know about mm-hmm. could be a cousin Back in the day I mean, it doesn't have to be iris's brother i mean no it doesn't that they like that's the thing we don't you know at all we don't know at all what the deal is with how he's his uh how is he related we don't know how he's related to uh i figured he would come in as like a cousin or something like that distant so, or maybe even a well, distant relation be, yeah because he be the wife's or mother i mean or i mean well you have to be related to joe so he could be the he could be a sister's son or something like that or brother's okay. son yeah okay that's all the casting news we have for now that's a lot of casting uh, for news. for the the CW ones. We got a, we still got a bunch for Supergirl. Oh, okay, Supergirl let out a lot of info. All oh, right, because um, they cast uh, Reactron uh, straight from the comics, uh, and that's he's being played by Chris Browning, and he's going to be playing Ben Kroll. Kroll. Um, and it, it's a Superman villain, so. Um, his deal, and they, what they're also going with Supergirl is they're going to have villains who uh, who can't get Superman, so they're going to go after Supergirl instead <laughs> because she's uh, an experience. Nice. They assume they could kill her off. Um, so they also uh, they got Livewire on Supergirl. Uh, she'll be played by Britt Morgan, and. Um, you know, Livewire. Uh, for those who don't know, was a, a comic. Wasn't a comic book character first. No, I'm originally cartoon from the cartoon. Part. Yeah, right. Much like Harley yeah. Quinn. Mm-hmm. And played um, by Laurie Petty in the cartoon, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think you're Laurie right. Petty. Um, yeah. And her deal is her character description is going to be uh, Morgan Leslie's uh, is a confidant, abrasive, and funny uh, shock jock who works for the Catco Media. Uh, the conglomerate that uh, Cat Grant owns. So when an accident happens, it makes her, it turns her into Livewire, which is really close to the, to the cartoon. That's true. It is because she was a Howard Stern type who was trying to turn the uh, Metropolis on Superman to begin with. Right. You know, she got superpowers. It's like, well, I'll show them what a phony he is. You know? Right. So that's and a cool take. Emo. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool take. And they, um, they cast their load, the Lucy Lane. Um, she's, uh, played by, uh, Gina Dowen Tatum, Tatum, who is, uh, who is, uh, Channum Tatum's wife. Oh. Yeah. Wow. She must be a very attractive young lady. Then. Oh, she, she is, is. She is definitely <laughs> hotness. Yes, she is. And she can dance, too. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of casting. Oh, Yeah. We were getting casted like day to day to like it, it was a string of. Did you of mention days. the kid that's playing Cat Grant's son? Oh, you just you just brought that one up. Uh, I did yeah. miss that. that. That was the last. I think that was the last uh, one that they mentioned. If I can find his name. I thought I had it up like a dum dum. I did not. That's okay. Uh, that's yeah. He's from Pan. Uh, he, um, yeah, I'm Levi Miller. Cat Grant's son, yeah. Levi Miller. Yeah. Carter Grant. The shy yeah, and he, sensitive son of Calista Flockhart's Cat Grant. Yeah, and will be baby. The, the His babysitter will be uh, Kara. Nice. Uh, that, that's their tie in. So I guess Kara will get along, probably get along with her. With him, I mean. And, uh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no word on if they're going to go down that Toy Man storyline story or even touch on it at all. No, we'll see. be interesting. It's kind of cool because, I mean, Supergirl doesn't really have that well-developed of a rogues gallery, so they're dipping into Superman no. as well. 
Yeah, they're like, he got, it seems to be that it's like Superman has so many villains. Right, they're going to pick a few off that no one will notice, like Reactor yeah. and Lumberjack yeah. and, uh, and some of the others. So. Well, it'd be fire. cool, too. I mean, if you end up, you know, blowing that character up to where it becomes a more popular character, you know, mm-hmm. then we could see more of it showing up in the comics and things like that. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, wow, that was a lot of casting. Yes. Uh, I don't even know where to start, where to begin on this. Okay, how about we do go with this? Um, Batman v Superman, the big old movie we're all waiting for in March, uh, was screened in its entirety, or the cut that they have now, I suppose, was screened for executives at Warner Brothers. And at the end of it, it was given a standing ovation. That we know to be true. The uh, rumor that spun out of that is that the executives are now hot to sign Ben Affleck for more Batman movies. And I could see that. I I could see that. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's a good director with a good eye. I mean, that's one thing about Ben Affleck, even if he's not directing the film, with him, he... You know he has more power than the average actor. That's and he's very movies. talented. I mean, were, was there a period of his career where he had chose some poor roles or mm-hmm. things? You know, yes. But if you take, it. yeah, if you if if you take where he started, I don't want to say taking it seriously because it's not like he wasn't before. But when he started, I I, I guess it was when he. Um, did uh, what, what was the name of it? Our town in town? Um, no, the town. the town. The town. The town. That was his baby. You know, and I mean, from there he has just been rising more and more. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything negative towards well, actually, his career. I think I think from the that point of of when his his career went bad is when he was. When he was getting picked for so many movies, he was just doing so many films. Yeah. The last one was where that kind of messed it up for him was Paycheck. Mm. Like, big budget. Like that was I think Geely probably count. did more damage than Paycheck. Geely was Right, big but big. as a smaller... Well, as a Geely was a film, big, yes. huge budget movie. A lot of money behind it. Him and Jennifer Lopez at the height of their fame, and it bombed. It was a huge bomb. In fact, well, it was kind of a joke for his... Uh, career, you know, about you. yeah. Well, I think that the whole thing with him and and because he got more popular than and then they people started to hate him and um and Jennifer Lopez. Like there was so much talk of them to the point where it got sickening, and then people started to turn on it. But Paycheck was a was a big, you know, that was a, a John Woo film mm-hmm. when he was really on the rise, and uh, that was supposed to be a big hit. Studio wise, they were, you know, that was supposed to be the big action hit, and it really did not do well. So that started a, a, a kind of a tumble of, of films for him that didn't do well. And then he stopped doing movies for a little while, and then he um, started to do smaller stuff and his own thing. And the town was what really, I think, won people over again. And then Argo, of course. And then, uh, yeah. The Oscar, right. Oscar nomination. So, and I think with the. The good thing about having, because when you have someone like um, Henry Cavill for Man of Steel, there are things in Man of Steel that people did not like. And I think um, Henry Cavill, even if he didn't like something like that, he's not a director and he doesn't have the uh, the power to kind of say, well, maybe we should do something else. Mm Mm-hmm. For example, but with Ben Affleck, they want him included in these in these franchises. They want him to be a franchise actor for them. Plus, they're uh-huh. seeding a lot of Batman backstory, and I mean, right. from looking at the trailer, you can see that right. there's a lot there. I mean, there's so much now that there's a fan theory that mm-hmm. Jared Leto's Joker is, you know, spoiler for a fan theory, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. is actually Jason Todd, uh, which I kind of like. So I like that idea. I mean, first yeah. of all, J- Jared Leto's Joker is a lot younger than Ben Affleck's Batman. You mm-hmm. know, there's that shot in the trailer of Robin's costume. It says, the joke's on you, ha, ha, ha. You know, supposedly, I mean, obviously written by the Joker. There's a um, a Robin tattoo on Jared Leto's that picture of you know him holding his head with all the tattoos. Um, there are a lot of different little clues that we'll think are, are saying that this is, you know, a former, this is a, you know, this is a former Robin pub. Right, and I'm kind of torn on it too, Mm because I'm like Daryl. I like it, 
but at the same time, I don't know if I want him introduced into this franchise of DC films as that character. Maybe have that later on. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be cool. I mean, I guess that we've had Joker twice in Batman movies, so. Yeah, I think it would be well, interesting even in because, the... I mean, you could just say that Heath Ledger was, you know, the original, as it mm-hmm. were, and then, you know, he's like a copycat, but I mean, it's almost adds more to do character-wise with him being a former Robin and knowing all of Batman's secrets, knowing all of, you know what I mean? As opposed to the original Joker who didn't. Well, so, start, uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again, we, we had a Dick Grayson was the Joker. He, yes, he had turned from Robin to the Joker. Story was not as well as it I think it was been. Jason. It was the Joker actually, because he said that Dick had died and that Jason never measured up to Dick or something like that. You know, he was the imposter, and that's why he becomes like that Joker type character. But I think it was, but they Dark Knight Strikes looked, Again was so. Well, they linked it as saying it was Dick Grayson, but I oh, okay. maybe they got it wrong. But I'm look, yeah, I looked I'm, it up. Because I wasn't sure, because it's been years since I read it. Yeah, I, I read it well, once and was not impressed. <laughs> it would be kind of crazy, too, though, if both villains in the movie know the superhero's secret identities. Because mm-hmm. another spoiler alert, uh, rumor has it that they think that um, the reason uh, Superman becomes you know, rivals with Lex is because Lex kidnaps his mother. And actually, I mean, which, was which, that confirmed? Which, which, wasn't it? No, that was just, just a rumor. It's still okay. a rumor, but I mean, I mean that would that would assume then that Lex knows that he's Clark Kent, you know? Oh, right, so, right. So Fan I don't theories. know. If they, Aren't if they, they fun? Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't they fun? And we have all this time and all these like few things to poke around in our brain, and you know, it's it's just keep you know these things pop up. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean. Whether it's true or not, it's, it's a cool idea to think about. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's true, but I, if they did that Robin thing, I'd be, wow. That would be... Uh, that would be like a cool reveal in Suicide Squad or something. Yeah, right? the like, story potential for that would be uh, incredible. You know, yeah. what you could do with that. Uh, the guilt. I mean, it would really go to why he wouldn't kill the Joker. Right. More and, also, than, and it would also speak to why he doesn't think anyone has to stay good. Yeah. You know, you know, how many of them... Yeah. In, you know, how many of those good people in Gotham stayed good? You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. Jason Todd had become his greatest enemy, I mean, it's his greatest failure writ large, you know. And this is another reason why you wouldn't probably wouldn't trust Superman to stay on the path of the angels, you know. Yeah, and that right. could be something to make him want to quit. <laughs> I mean, to really be that distraught about it to the point where he wouldn't want to be yeah. uh, Batman anymore. Yeah. It could work. We'll we see. Will see. You shall see. I uh, wanted to congratulate Grant Gustin for winning his Teen Choice 2015 award. Well deserved. Breakout star. Um, well deserved. We also got confirmation this week that Arrow Season 4, the name of the uh, city in which they will be living and residing in, will now be Star City instead of Starling. So that guy that me and Donnie Salvo, who's on the previous episode, oh uh, right, yeah, buddy, they're um, at the well. Let me let me set the stage. Mm-hmm. Donnie and Daryl are at the panel for <laughs> Arrow. First it's, one, it's, it's the very first panel is before mm-hmm. the first season actually premiered, right? Yeah, yeah, and you guys got to see the pilot ahead of everyone else, right? And at the Q and A, and at the Q and A, this guy came up. Go ahead, take it from there. You were there. And he basically said, why would you name, why would you change the name from Star City to Star on the City? That is just stupid. And he just, and then they would answer, they answered, well, we just decided that this would be a kind of a better name. Plus the studio kind of wanted to pull back on it being too comic booky and they just had to accommodate, you know, that was just what was happening. And he just kept going on. But why? Why would you name it Starling City? It's supposed to be Star City. It's stupid. Why would Taking you do up this? Everyone else's Q and A time. <laughs> and everybody, oh lord! And that's when you get that. Oh, and that's why. That's why when you do these Q and As, the part that's when I hate the Q and A parts because you, 
um, you kind of wish that they would just have uh, press doing them because because people get in it. You know, sometimes you get a lot of good questions, but then other times you get stuff like, "Can I just get a hug?" Yeah, or, you know, and you get know, what's no- even worse than that is in episode uh, seven of uh, the right. second season. He was wearing a green tunic, and then this next episode, he was wearing a brown tunic. Uh, what was the difference there? And then what were you trying to say about the character by changing the color of their tunic? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you I, never I, know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, the green one got a stain on it, we had to change them. Uh, I've attended two Stephen Amell panels in the last year, and both of them were nothing but women. I want to hug, well, and a few guys. I want a hug, I want a selfie, I want a hug, I want a selfie. And you know him, he accommodates. So. Yeah, he's not a jerk, so he, he doesn't want you know, to. Yeah. But, you know, the rest of us do, I agree, let the press and little kids at, do the Q&As. Or mix, the little, it. mix it up. Because like the little kids press. asking the questions like, you know, how 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 would you beat up so-and-so? Those are always cute little questions. You yes, know, and pepper stuff. it in. Yeah. Pepper it in. Yeah. Um, do but, something where they have, like, maybe have um, three or four press people on hand. They get to ask the first round of questions, and then they're off. And then everything after that is, you know, they, they have fans come in. That way you that, get, because I like information. I like to hear. Yeah, that's the, why you're there. Right. That's why you yeah, wait like in it. line for four or five hours. Yeah. So yeah. you will see the stuff and know the stuff that no one else who wasn't in that room will see or know. You know? Right. Also you have some press on action. standby. Have them on standby so when the first person that comes up and goes, in episode three on season two, they just bump them out of the way and start asking another question. I have a better idea. Get a, You know that meme with Silver Age Batman where he's slapping Robin? Yes. Let's yes. have a guy dressed as Silver Age Batman up by the mic and start to ask a stupid <laughs> question. Like, no! Oh, Whack! They just changed the name of the city because they wanted to. That's Next question. so great. <laughs> Because I don't, I just don't understand people's brains how they work when you, like, for something like Starlin, when you asked it the I first time, it. fine, you know, fine, you asked it, they answered. Right. You That's it. Let it go. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like it's you not think that they have big a real of a deal. secret answer that they're hiding from you, or I, yeah, like I want to hear you training. What do you do for training? What. You know, uh, did you know about comics before this? Did you read me? Like, little stuff like that. I want to hear about that. Like, what, yeah. you know, what's what it did like you, to kiss check? Emily Bett Records? You know, yeah. No, like no. You didn't agree to no. comics before, took you? <laughs> I, um, I, I will never forget. It was um, um, New York Comic Con. I think it was It was when they had the Avengers panel, and they, they had screened the first footage of the first Avengers movie. So it must be mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. Maybe. But anyway, I went to the, um, the Venture Brothers panel, with Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, not to go too far on a tangent. But this guy came uh-huh. up and asked this like continuity question or whatever about the cartoon. And uh-huh. um, Jackson Public leaned forward is like, yeah, f- it's a stupid question. Next. <laughs> I love that. I'll never forget it. I'm just like, yeah. There I'm you go. Leave that out, but uh, it was it was worth telling the story. Um, um, speaking of Arrow, did <laughs> you guys see the the pictures of the new Arrow cave? Arrow Lair with the big old table. Yeah. I hope it has a lot. It says, well, one um, Guggenheim says one of the fun things about this layer is that as opposed to being one big space like it's been uh, where everyone would congregate, it's now a much larger space divided into smaller spaces. Uh, there's an area for Felicity to work. Mm-hmm. There's an area for Oliver to work out. There's a garage. There are many different places we'll continue to discover over the course of the season that will give you a sense that this thing's a bit bigger than uh, we got used to in the first three years. And there's a secret room where Emily Bett Rickards keeps Richard Sheldon for makeout sessions. Wait, is what that say? See, that's what oh. I mean when a fan gets on there and oh. then they get their... Yeah, I'm sorry. Happens. Yeah. Uh, do they put in a special back door from uh, Merlin to come in? I want a locked door, man. In, like every every time. Yeah, it doesn't mention on here if they lock the door or not. <laughs> I'll tell you what was awesome. Was... That, that big table, that big round table. Yeah, because I'm, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of people just walking in. I, that, yeah. that last season, I don't want to see another person just walking out of nowhere. Don't you even have a lock on the door? Don't you even see? Oh, I don't even know if they did. Uh, NBC is picking up two new shows based on comics. Mm-hmm. The first is based on it was originally comics, and then a film with Bruce Willis and John Malkovich and Morgan Freeman, Richard Dreyfuss and Brian Cox and Helen Mirren and 
I say all those names because I like all those actors. Uh, yes. Red. It was called Red. It was about retired um, uh, spies, pretty much. Uh, they're going to be turning that into a series. Um, also, a new series called Powerless, based on a DC Vertigo comic, um, is being pitched as The Office, only with superheroes. Yes. So. Now, I saw that. Unfortunately, the guy creating it is the guy who did that show from A to Z last season. Oh, no. So that was not a very good show. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I never even heard of it. We, yeah, just exactly. <laughs> we, I think we reviewed it. Nothing's on. Something we pride ourselves on is trying to give a lot of shows a chance. I remember mm-hmm. watching that show and just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. It now, kinda, it, it, it nope. Definitely. I saw this when Daryl posted it, and I, I hadn't heard of Powerless before. I don't know how, but I hadn't. Is that a long-running comic? Is that... Is no. it something worth picking up? Not in a long running one. It's not a long running. In fact, I think it was the one miniseries. Maybe. And, yeah. And I didn't read it, but um, I didn't read it either. I totally missed it. That I, I, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. I remember seeing the solicit. I think, and now reading this about the show. So. Huh. I'll have to check it out. That's how memorable it was. Yeah, they're pretty bad at casting. That's the. That's the I hope they don't use the same cast for casting for A to Z because that, that was a problem for that show as well was the uh, casting yeah. very and you can do a good superhero comedy there's um there's one called No Heroes out of uh, Britain mm-hmm. that's really really funny uh, about some like um, like mystery men level superheroes and, and they hang out in a bar together uh, you so gotta I mean, cast right though yeah that. it's gotta be written right too it's gotta be written right and it's gotta be cast right and if you just half ass it it could it could totally just make the show look like a like you know, a mess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, a new uh, since we're talking about new projects uh, being developed, Tom Hardy is signed on to produce and star in a film adaptation of One Hundred Bullets, the long-running Vertigo series by Brian Azzarello and his work yeah, with Ricardo Riso, yeah. which I love. I love I've never that finished series. the entire thing. Oh man. man, so good, so good. Um, you want to talk I, about some I, trades? You should check out um, Chubb. Check those out. That was a great story. Oh, yeah. I read, um, I don't know, it, it, in the beginning. I went in, but I, it's one I didn't keep up with, not because I didn't want to. It just, just happened that way. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll pick up the trade sometimes when I'm in a bookstore and just flip through it. And it's just, it's a gorgeous book, and it, it looks awesome. And what I remember of what I read, it was awesome. Of course, Azarello is awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, and Eduardo Arisa is pretty awesome too. So, uh, yeah. Also, we uh, something else that happened since we uh, were on last time. Uh, Stephen Amell mm-hmm. was on SummerSlam, uh, WWE yes. SummerSlam, uh, against Stardust, uh, one of their wrestlers, who's one of the sons of Dusty Rhodes. Who wrestled back when I was a small boy? I remember that. Uh, I remember yeah. Dusty Rhodes. He has two sons, Stardust and Gold Dust. And uh, Stardust kind of called him out on an earlier episode of Raw, I guess, or whatever. And mm-hmm. Stephen Amel showed up for SummerSlam. They uh, they did a little rough and tumble. Stephen Amel jumped right over the rope like it was no problem. That dude is in shape, man. Well, for us, those <laughs> of us who watch those videos that he posts of his training, yeah, it's Sam not Hunter. a surprise. Yeah, yeah, his right. dude is in shape. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm in. I'm in shape too. Round is a shape. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we we've got the round part down as a as a group, but we don't we don't. Yeah, that that's, not the, that's not the kind of shape that lets you jump over the third uh, rail no. into a ring like that. Um. But it was a fun little promo. It's it's kind of cool to see them promote the show that way. I mean, uh-huh. WWE has a huge. I mean, it's not as big as it used to be, but it still has a really huge audience. Oh yeah, uh, and they're a very faithful audience to the most part. So uh, good for crossover too. Yeah, it's good good crossover appeal and uh, good you know good cross marketing there. So mm-hmm. uh, I really don't I don't know anything more about wrestling, or else I'd tell you more about that story, but. That's about, yeah, about all I got. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's been a while. I, was, I don't. I was never really a wrestling guy. Maybe when I was like a little boy, but since then, not really. Um. So. I mean, now you can't even mention Hulk Hogan. I remember Hulk Hogan. You can't even mention him anymore. Oh yeah, know? they they totally excised him right from like all the old stuff. Yeah. And all their all their archive stuff and everything. They have made him disappear. Wow, that's crazy. It's like 1984. You know, <laughs> he's become an unperson. Yeah. 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 It's pretty pretty weird. Um, I 
watched a new Batman cartoon. I love Batman uh-huh. cartoons. Yes. And uh, this one's called Batman Unlimited Monster Mayhem. I just picked that up at the store today. Haven't watched it yet. It's available on DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD, which is the way I got it, because I never leave the house. Uh, <laughs> well, you have children. That's true. They don't let me leave the house. They, they don't let you leave the house. Yeah. Um, but I did watch it. it. It's pretty cool. It has... It's kind of a futuristic It's a little more futuristic of a Gotham, and a little more... Fut- I mean, uh-huh. very gadget-heavy. Right. Uh, gadgets. Um, the, the, the heroes in it are Green Arrow and Red Robin and Nightwing and Batman. And the villains are Silver Banshee and Scarecrow and Solomon Grundy mm. and, and the Joker. And the most interesting, the weirdest thing for me was, okay, the two guys who do the lead, vo- uh, the, do the lead voices of Batman and the Joker, um, the mm. Joker's done by Troy Baker, who's done like a million video games. He was the voice of Booker DeWitt and Bioshock Infinite. He was, you know, he's been in like a ton. Between him and Nolan North, they've done like you know, the voice, every male voice in a video game. In the past right. 20 years. And the guy who played Batman, Roger Craig Smith, again, another well-known voiceover artist. They, if it, if, I don't know if it's me, you guys watch it too. I really feel like they're doing their level best to imitate Conroy and Mark Hamill. Ah. Like, okay. this Joker, this Troy Baker Joker sounds just like the Mark Hamill Joker. Mm-hmm. In a big way. And same deal with, um, with the Batman, uh, the Roger Craig Smith, the Smith Batman in this. Um. But it's mostly, um, we're mostly looking at uh, voice actors here that you might know. Uh, Brian De- uh, something also interesting, the voice of Nightwing, Will Friedel, is the guy who voiced Robin in the original animated series. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty awesome. Um, it, it, it was fun. It's, it's probably aimed uh, more at kids than adults. It doesn't have that kind of... Uh, hard R edge of violence that like some of the an- the uh, animated feature DVDs have lately, you know, like Assault on Arkham or. Um... But that's okay. I mean, it's yeah, good. To no, have no, the, I, the wholesome one every once in a while. Yeah, different tiers for different ages. I mean, you've got the like my daughter who's four loves the DC Super Friends, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Fisher Price tie-in cartoons. She loves and right. she loves Teen Titans Go a lot. You know, mm-hmm. this is this I would say would be for like. Um, Maybe eight to twelve. I mean, there, there's just re- your regular rough and tumble comic book violence. There's nothing too, you know, too too untoward. There's no blood, you know. Right. There's none of that, you know, kind of heavy stuff that we see sometimes with the um, animated features that go right to DVD. But it, it's a good superhero story. It kind of reminded me it of can, like the, can it spark toys? Is that I think it could. Tech yeah. heavy. It could very well spark toys. Um, they they all have like. It's funny, um, um, Robin and Batman both have these big chin pieces now, and uh-huh. they're part of this like cyber suit that helps them see and track things or whatever. Um, it, it was very gadgety, um, like mm-hmm. I said, very gadget heavy, maybe a little more uh, futuristic than we're used to seeing, um, right. you know, outside of Batman so, Beyond. It's good for ages eight to twelve or early forties, right? Right. I mean, I I had fun with it. You know, I just went. <laughs> you know me. I love I love a good Batman cartoon. This was decent. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't on the level of Batman the Animated Series, obviously. And it no, wasn't. no. Well, what uh, is? But Butch <laughs> Luke. But the thing is, but uh, Butch Lukic, the guy who uh, directed this, is from that group. I mean, he was mm-hmm. you know, in part of the Tim Timverse team, as it were. Um, it's it's just I don't know. It's put well put together cartoon for ki- you know for kids. And I don't want to when I say it's for kids, I'm, I'm not saying you know really you know wee wee kids. I'm saying you know for you know tweens and and your early teens. I think this would be fine. Okay. You know, it all, all takes right. place on Halloween. It kind of has a mm-hmm. Halloween theme going through it, and yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Again, not didn't, didn't set the world on fire. Didn't make it. Didn't you know? Didn't change history for the uh, you know wonderfulness of Batman cartoons. But it, it was definitely it was fun to watch. Cool. Well, speaking of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned this before we started recording, Jim. Um, we lost a legend, a Batman legend, this week. Mm-hmm. Did you want to cover that, or? Well, it's kind of ironic for me because I just we just said Still City Con here, and that Still City Con were Asbert Ward and Julie Newmar, but not uh, who Chapter was referring to, Yvonne Craig, and she's been here many right. times before, and I've heard right. like nothing but nice things about her. She's always been very kind to her fans. Um, just 
Um, she was, it, it's funny, she's kind of a geek double threat, because not only was she Batgirl, you know, the first live-action Batgirl, but she was also on Star Trek. She was the original slave girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I I met her in Austin at a con years ago, you know, just in her line, shaking her hand and all that. But what was cool was Shatner was at that one as well, and they did a panel together, and it was it was it was just it was it was funny, and she's just she was just genuine and sweet. Just yeah, she was she was all that for sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to give it to. Her. I mean, obviously, we would have had. You know, female superheroes down the road. I mean, we ended up with, you know, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman a few years after that, and then Count, you know, and all this other, you know, Black Widow in the Marvel movies and everything. But it all goes back to her. I mean, if you think about it, she was like, well, one, yeah. one of the first live action female superheroes ever. You know? I don't remember the exact quote, but I was reading, you know, the article about her dying on CNN and. They mentioned that they had an interview with her earlier this year where she talked about how one of the best things of her career was knowing that she she her character gave such inspiration to little girls that, you know, they'll come up to her at cons and say things like, you know, you're the reason that I realized that girls can kick ass and things like that. So, right. you know, that's a good legacy to have right there. Yeah. And uh, and I've got to say the best article or eulogy or whatever I've written I've uh, read. Uh, about Yvonne Craig was written by Gail Simone, a uh, long-time yes. Batgirl writer, long-time yeah. yep. writer, you know, and somebody who had a lot to do with the character of Barbara Gordon over the years, and uh, it was it was really well written. I think she wrote it for Playboy, actually. Um, yeah, it was for Playboy. Okay, it was. But um, but yeah, I thought it was well thought out and really, you know, really thoughtful and, and and nice. And like I said, I've I've done I've read a whole bunch of stories online from people who met her at con. She said she was very genuine and sweet person and, and a real trailblazer. It's always sad uh, to lose some you know lose somebody you grew up with you know. And Daryl, I know you're no fan of the Batman '66 show or whatever, but I mean you gotta you gotta give her props. Yeah, she was she was one of the, the first female superheroes on TV. So um... it's funny for me, my four year old daughter is just now. Um, discovering those shows because uh, uh-huh. they're on me tv every saturday night it's our thing we um we eat dinner then we go watch batman and then we watch wonder woman and then it's time for bed and because she loves batman and wonder woman but uh mm-hmm. she it was really funny that um the you know the batman 66 show is really like connecting with her because she's four and it's very colorful and you know i know a lot of the you know, a lot of true batman fans have problem with it being so camp and everything else, but I mean, as a, as a kid, she's she's really digging it. And as a kid, I really dug that show. It was kind of my first exposure to Batman when I was super young as well. So uh, you know, it just keeps going generation after generation. I mean, what fifty years after it came out? So, so cool. and then guys... again at Steel City Con, there were lines, you know, around the complex to to meet Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar. And I actually watched, even though. Uh... Um, I, I'm not a fan of that show at all, but I watched the Adam West. Um, there was a documentary about him, mm-hmm. about his pri- per- private life, everything. It was it was just about every you know from when he started to to where he is now. Um, I don't, you know, like Adam West as an actor, he's not the you know I I dislike the show. It's not the actor that I that I didn't care for. He he. Had some William Shatnerist about him, and I'm like, he he does oh, have yeah. that William Shatnerist kind of, you know, charismatic, likable, uh, known for, you know, this one character, and um, it followed him forever. Like that was, you know, that well, kind and of he fun. embraced it. You know, he, he did. He did. He keeps the campiness alive. I've I've seen him probably four or five times in the last five six years at different cons and you know he still uses a lot of the same jokes he did when he was touring you know back in Mm -hmm. the 70s and stuff you know the stuff like you know you know yeah you know bert couldn't drive the batmobile he was only 15 he didn't have a driver's license yet you know just and he all these little cheesy quips that he has to answer those fan fan questions that people ask all the time you know and uh you you, you got to respect that you just have well they came into it like because it was supposed to be just one role you know you do it for a couple seasons and then you move on and it just happened to be like uh william shatter with star trek they never right. knew how big the fan base would be 
once they played these characters. And even, you know, Craig, same thing. They never knew how big it would be until it happened. Um, and now they're known for the the rest of their lives. I mean, you know, they're they're known for the for this one character that was on TV for you know where they played live actual episodes. It was what five seasons, four seasons. I mean, four. you know, four and and yeah. no one knew the syndication and all that kind of stuff was going to happen, and no one knew that these right. these characters were going to stick like this, but. Uh, it, well, uh, how satisfying, you know, a lot of people, a lot of actors have complained because they got pigeonholed into that one character, or one role they did and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I, to me, that's a that's a legacy worth having right there. I mean, Jim's daughter is four. Adam West is what, 83, 84 mm-hmm. to have a fan to have a fan base from something that you did 50 years ago that still loves, you know, and there's just now to, well, that's, yeah. To, to and there wasn't a crossover back then of TV and movie. Like you right. kind of, once you did TV, you were stuck in TV and then you, you know, they didn't right. really want you to right. do yeah. movies. Adam West was in a couple of movies. Though. I mean, he was in one called, I remember called Robin Crusoe on Mars. Well, he where, said he yeah. kind of, what happened was he, you know, he got to a certain amount of you making money like this. You want to keep it. You want to keep making money. So right. you just start taking role after role after role. And he kind of, you know, the roles that he were was given were, you know, sci-fi or, or you know, they were never. Chatter, the, lover. Yeah, they were never. He, they were never the Shakespearean type roles that he thought he would get because you, you kind of take what you get first. And then. uh yeah. And then that's what you continue to get because that's what, well, I saw you in this, so maybe, right. you know, you'd be great for this. It's like so. the, the same thing happened to Jim Varney. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but I mean, Ernest, uh, you know, Ernest goes to camp, all those movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jim Varney is like a classically trained uh, Shakespearean actor. Yep. I think it was well, Guinness or that... Gilgood or one of those guys said he was one of the best American Shakespeare actors of all time. Yeah, I mean, I remember being down south when when i was a kid and we moved down to dallas there's a whole chain of these dairies down there called brahms and that's where that that's where the the Ernest character got its start he was a right. character on a commercial for this dairy i remember <laughs> seeing those old they played those yeah because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah when the Ernest movies came out it was just like oh wow that's the guy from the commercial you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's it's interesting how that happens. So, you know, and I want to say, so Jim, you guys have dinner, then you watch Batman '66, and then you watch the is it the Linda Carter Wonder Woman? Yep, it sure yeah. is. On so, uh, me, um, it's have on, you uh, been nominated for Father of the Year yet? You know, because no, uh, that's I, got, I still got another should... fourteen years to go. So we'll yeah, see. yeah, we get uh, this digital channel called MeTV, and every mm-hmm. Saturday night they have. Um, they have like what they call their Sci-Fi Saturdays, and they have they show uh, Batman '66, they show Wonder Woman, they show the old school Star Trek with Shatner, um, the the cleaned up ones, um, yeah. the cleaned up versions. Yeah. And then at ten o'clock they have a monster movie with a host named Sven Gulli, like the old school you know monster movie hosts. And then at midnight they have Lost in Space, and then after that is Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. But yeah, it's like a whole night of, uh, of genre TV, but uh, she's not allowed to stay up that late. So <laughs> yeah. uh, after yeah. Wonder Woman, yeah. is, uh, usually she falls asleep during Wonder Woman or right after. Mm-hmm. You know, right after so something I wanted to mention real quick too uh, is kind of a sad story since we're talking about people who passed. Um, you might not know the name Lenny B. Robinson, uh, but if you saw the documentary that's on Netflix right now called Legends of the Night, K N I G H T, it's all mm-hmm. about the way uh, Batman has affected people's lives. And, right made an impact on their lives and had, you know, people who made an impact on a lot of other people's lives because of their love of Batman. Um, it's a really interesting doc. You should check it out. But uh, one of the people featured in the documentary is uh, this guy, Lenny B. Robinson. He was also known as the Route 29 Batman. Uh, and he's from Maryland, and he would travel. He made a lot of money in investment banking early on in his life, and he uh, he quit all that to dress as Batman and go to children's hospitals and, you know, pass out toys and things like that to to kind of cheer kids up, sick kids up. And he'd been doing it for a long time. Um, yeah, because uh, he had gotten a, there was a story about how he, you know, like he got pulled over, he was driving to Batmobile. And, right. Like, you know, the thing of Batman got arrested. That was the, the byline. 
Yeah, that was a while. Ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, what happened was is um, he was in the Batmobile and uh, he had he didn't have his costume on, but he was in the the Batmobile driving home. Uh, he just gotten some gas and he pulled over in uh, on uh, Interstate 70 near Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, it was an unlit stretch of road. He put his emergency lights on, and unfortunately, someone slammed into his car, which ultimately slammed into him. Yeah, and, uh, he died the scene. So, um, you know, he did a lot yeah. of good works. He made a lot of kids happy. He, you know, in the documentary, he explained that, you know, he he had gotten to the point where in his life where he'd made enough money that he could live comfortably for the rest of his life, and he wanted right. something to give right. to others. And he, this was a way that he thought he could have fun and, you know, give to, give to you know, sick kids all over the place. So. Good on Yeah, you. I saw some article today about... Um, he had made some promise to some school or something like that, and uh, of course he couldn't make the promise. And like mm-hmm. somebody else has stepped up and went in his place, and some and things like that. So, you know, someone good who did good things in the, you know, use invoking Batman to do it. Um, you know, good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw it was cool. And again, the documentary is called. Um, Legends of the Night, K N I G H D, and it's on Netflix streaming right now. If you want to check it out, um, there's a whole segment about him, and it's pretty cool. Okay, are we all newsed out yet, guys? I think we uh, are. I think we did I think all of it. Up. I think we caught everything up. If you enjoyed this show, and if you like geeky podcasts, I imagine you would, because we've been listening to this show for over an hour now. Then definitely check out the hhwlod.com, and there you will find. Uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast, where we cover the, uh, not only the, the uh, Walking Dead show, but also the new spinoff, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, which premieres in about a week. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, we also have... Uh, in Black- four days. Four days, Three, well. Four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but by the time this, you know, who knows by the time this gets out, it might be the, you know, might be the night. Yeah. yeah that's true. Who knows? Anyway, we also have the Black Box. We have uh, the Whedonverse. It covers all of uh, Joss Whedon's stuff. Um, you know, from the beginning, they're going uh, bit by bit through Joss Whedon's uh, body of work. Uh, and it our... is a very enjoyable for Whedon fans, let me tell you. I love it. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, we have a whole bunch of podcasts there. Definitely check them out. Uh, com. And once you've exhausted all that podcasting goodness over there, then turn your internet dials on over to... The Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, you go to Taylor Network of Podcasts, and you can catch out all types of uh, podcasts from uh, family-oriented ones like the Wade's World to the Shock Jock comic version ones like No Apologies um, to uh, Interview Show, uh, JK's Happy Hour, and uh, Double Page Spread uh, with Wendy Freeman. Um, So we have so many. You just go to the podcast section and... um, just pick a show. Also, you can go to the comic section, and uh, when you go to the news uh, on the website, there is a section called the DC TV and movie section, and that is uh, where all that info that we pull up and talk about it's all in one spot. So uh, you could definitely Very convenient. Uh, yeah, if it's convenient for everybody. Just go check it out, and you can see all the news every time we you know something is released. We post it there and. And all that casting stuff, we, uh, you know, show information, all that kind of stuff is, is right there for you. Uh, so uh, until next time, when we talk about the Vixen animated series, and also catch you up on the rest of the DC News yeah. then. Oh, and, and we did not forget, I did not forget about, uh, we have to pick uh, one of the reviews for the contest. That is not, we've not forgotten about it. Um, if anything, you can throw in some more if you uh, get a chance to. And we're going to pick one, and that one is going to... Uh, this is the contest that never ends. It never ends. It goes ends. on and on, my friend. We'll do it. It's been a busy next, summer. Yeah, it's next, time, next episode, we will have the winner. Yes, because it's been a busy summer. So we're definitely going to pick the winner, um, and you get to, you'll pick out your uh, what uh, DC or TV movie or movie that you would like digitally. So right. until then, everybody, thanks uh, Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We are Ghost. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, oh, it's time. No. Oh, no. That's okay. Stop. Mother.
just read something, made his face turn blue. Well, I got nothing against the press. They wouldn't print it if it wasn't true. If you want to know about the gay politician, if you want to know how to drive your car, if you want to know about the new sex position,